Thanks, Josh. Good morning, everybody. It's nice to be in the air-conditioned room this morning. I just checked. I think it's only 95 still right now, so we're still flying under the radar. Um, Again, my name is John. I am not a preacher, although I guess today I am, but this isn't my normal gig, so I appreciate you guys smiling, cheering me on um, as I do this. Josh asked me this question, uh, or to speak on this question, what I live for, um, and it really is a simple question to ask, not so simple when uh, you've got to stand up in front of people and, and explain it, or even just to, to pinpoint, you know, what are the things? So the way I approached answering this question, first of all, I'm not reflecting on the, the whole of my life. I'm not 90 years old looking back um, and saying, this is actually what I did live for. Um, I'm still in the middle of it. And so I approached it in a way of, when I am, you know, in my older years looking back, what do I want to say I really was committed to and and what I lived for? Um, But the other side of that, and Josh mentioned this, it is, what is motivating to me now? Um, So I kind of took these few perspectives, and that helped me come up with this answer, What do I live for? Um, And it's on your listening guide. I love that I can be a contributing part of the church. Um, There's a couple things in that statement that are are motivating. Um, The church, if we think about the the concept, the whole concept is doing God's work here. Um, And that's something that's motivating to me. If I set out to do something on my own, it's not going to be anywhere near as significant as being a part of what God is doing. So that's motivating. And then actually being able to contribute to that, to be a part that helps, um, is really, it's kind of humbling, first of all, that God lets me, but also it's motivating. Um, so I can be a part of something big. I love that. I love that. Um, I, the couple reasons I, I came to this conclusion, and this is one of the things I live for, um, I was reflecting on that, and why is that? So I have two thoughts on why this is my answer today. First has to do with um, what we sang about um, this morning, that God, uh, I'm grateful for God's grace and for his love. Really, I'm grateful for that. God uh, gave his son, Jesus Christ, um, to allow a better way of life for us now, to really take our place um, in dying for our sins. So part of my uh, answer here, it wouldn't make sense if I wasn't committed um, to making Christ a priority and, and taking his agenda and trying to make my agenda match up with his. Um, so that's the first part. I, I want to do, I want to take the Bible seriously when it says that I was bought with a price, therefore I should honor God. Um, and so that's part of it. I really want to give back whatever I can. And I am grateful for Christ's love and Christ's grace. Um, the second part, I think I'm wired um, well, we're all wired in a certain way. I took a, a strengths finder quiz or personality test. You might have heard of that, strengths finders. And the whole concept is uh, finding your strengths so that you can lead and use these strengths to help you out as you work or pursue family life or whatever. Um, and my top strength out of that um, quiz was achiever, which strengths quest calls achiever. And what an achiever is, um, is they take great satisfaction from being busy and productive. And I thought about that. Yeah, that's pretty true. If you ask my wife, um, she'll attest to this. It's hard for me to take a nap. 
I'm not really a napper. I wake up with a headache and I'm groggier. I'm better off if I don't nap. Um, but, but the bigger idea, I, I like doing things. I don't want to rest. Um, I like the morning and I like because I can start a project or I can do something. And that's, it's called strength finder. It's not always a strength, let me tell you. Um, there are tensions that come up. I view like getting somewhere on time with the family. That's like a, an achievement. So I, I make that a mission. And, and when there's a diaper to change that I wasn't expecting, that's internally, that's hard for me. We've got to make it on time. So it's not always a strength. Um, but that's part of how God made me, I suppose. Um, and I can combine my, uh, I guess, my wiring for achievement. I want to be busy, but also I want to honor God because, of, because I'm grateful for what he's done. So um, that's why I came up with this thought, is I really do love that I can contribute. I can help achieve through the church. Um, what I want to do this morning with that um, idea is, is look at the illustration of a car engine. And I'm going to disclaim this whole thing right now. I'm not a car guy. Um, there's not much that I can do to repair my car. Uh, but thanks, special thanks to Wikipedia and Google this week for bringing me up to speed on a few things. I want to look at a car engine and compare that to the church. And I have a, there's a video, it's a computer illustration of how an engine works. I'll quickly tell you what you're going to see. There's no narration or there's no words on this, so Wes can correct me if I'm wrong afterwards. He knows cars. But a typical engine, there's four strokes to a typical car engine. And a stroke is the piston inside of a cylinder. Going down is one stroke, up is another, down is a third, up is the fourth. In each stroke, there's a function happening. The first stroke, uh, air and fuel is being injected as the piston drops down. The second stroke, it comes up, compresses the air and the fuel. Right at the peak of the compression, the spark plug fires, and that causes the piston to go back down the third stroke. Have I lost anybody yet? There's some stairs. You'll see this. The, uh, the momentum brings it back up on the fourth stroke where the exhaust um, is basically taken out of the engine. Um, let's look at this video, and I'll talk you through it as we watch this. And by the way, the music is really going to pump you up if you haven't had your coffee. So this is one piston of the engine. The blue mixture is air and fuel. Right there. Compressive spark plug fires. You'll notice the valves opening and closing from the air and the fuel, and then the other side from the exhaust. The red is the exhaust being shot back out of the engine. A lot of little parts that have to be in sync for this process to work. This is one cylinder, it'll zoom out and show us this engine is a four cylinder engine. There it is, in sync. There's a fire on every stroke. It's turning that wheel. That's giving momentum to the car. So there you go. You're all ready to go home and work on your car. That's it. That's all there is to it. <laughs> um, I want to use that, keep that mental picture. Um, just like an engine, the church has a lot of parts that need to be working 
um, in order to, to gain traction and really make some momentum. So we're going to use that analogy today. Um, before I run in <clears throat> to our, our verse here, I have another video. I'm going to have three videos for you today. I know how you like videos. I like videos. Um, this first video is, is going to show you it is possible for an engine to be working um, not at optimum strength. This video um, is an engine working on half of the cylinders that, that it contains. So take a look at this and listen to this. That's why I drive a Toyota. I'm just kidding. <laughs> that's a joke. I would buy a Honda. That's a YouTube clip of just looking at an engine that's not firing on all cylinders. That's kind of the phrase I'm going to go with. Is how can we get the church to really fire on all cylinders? As you saw and heard, it's possible for that engine to be working, but it's, it's not at optimum strength. That car might be able to get down the road, but it's not going to take you on your road trip, and it's not going to take you to meet your destination that you have set out for. Um, So this passage that we're going to look at, it's on your listening guide. What this is, this is a way for us to pop the hood on the the church and and take a look at all the parts. What is the design? How should it be working? So read with me Ephesians 4, um, verse 11 through 13. It says, It was He, that's God, who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers, to prepare God's people for works of service, so that the body of Christ may be built up, until we all reach unity in the faith, in the knowledge of the Son of God, and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Um, this verse we're going to take a look at and answer this this. Uh, question is, what does it take for the church really to be firing on all cylinders? And there's three things that are required for this. The first thing, good leaders. Good leaders are required to really get the engine going of the church and to really direct it. The verse 12, I'm sorry, verse 11, the very first part of this passage says, it was he who gave, and then it's this list, prophets, teachers, evangelists. These are all leaders of, of the organization. And notice, it was he who gave. God gave these people. Whenever we read that in Scripture, um, I get the, the, const, or the, the image of a gift. These people are actually God's gift to the church. Um, John 3.16 says that God gave his only son. His son was a gift. So this is the same language. It was he who gave leaders to the church. So, um, so good leaders are a gift. And it's important for all of us me included. Um, I'm a, one of you sitting in those seats um, every Sunday to recognize that our leaders really are a gift. It might be um, weird for Josh or other leaders to say that, but um, let's view them as a gift. Uh, personally, uh, I, I've really reaped the benefit of the leaders here at OCC. My wife and I have had encouragement, have had sharpening. Um, just in general, they have been a gift to us. And so I'm thankful for that. And that's necessary. That's how God designed this thing to work. Good leaders are, are necessary for the church engine to really be firing. 
Um, the second thing that's required for the church to fire on all cylinders is active followers. Spend a little bit more time on this. Active followers. The tone of this whole passage in Ephesians 4, it, it really is about the church doing the work, sharing the spiritual labor um, that we're involved in. The leaders are, are active and they're doing, but their role is to equip the others, to equip people of the church. Um, we see that in verse 12. So God gave these leaders, verse 12, to prepare God's people for works of service. It's the people that are doing the work. Um, at the end of this passage, a couple verses later, um, verse 16, it's at the bottom of your listening guide. I don't think it's on here, but it's um, from him, from God, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. So again, the, the idea is that we, the people, each part is doing its work. Um, that's the important message here. Now, to be an active follower, I'm pretty simple, so I'm going to break this down as simply as I can. First, you must be active. You can probably guess the second thing when we get there. But first, be active. What, what does that mean? Active, well, the opposite means being inactive or inoperative. Imagine a part welded onto your engine that is not active. It's just there. Um, it's not contributing. It's, if anything, it might be holding back um, the function of, of the engine. So to be active, what that means for a, a church uh, member, a, someone being a part of the church, is to take more... Well, let me tell you what it's not, sorry. It's not this approach of kind of a consumer approach. What am I going to get out of this today? Um, or it might be considering, is my time or is my money really going to be worth it for this thing? Um, it, it, it's kind of more of an inward approach, whereas if you're active, um, it's more of a, what, what can I give to this? How can I contribute? That's, that's being active. Or even realizing my time, maybe some of my money, some of my resources really are worth it here. I'm active. I'm, I'm being involved. I'm contributing. And so that's the idea. And I'll I'll be 100% honest here. Um, this is a challenge for me. To remain active um, is, is a challenge. Because what that means is that there might be a, a night of the week that I give to the efforts of the church so that I can contribute. Maybe it's two nights a week. Or maybe it's... Um, we, Whitney, my wife, and I face this sometimes where you know, if we're active in the church, I might be required to come up and help set up the screens in the background and she comes up at a different time so that's two gas tanks we've got to fill and that starts you know come those thoughts start creeping in and, and really make it a challenge for us to remain active and, and those are thoughts that we need to uh, consider in the big perspective that God is doing something great through the church so just to be clear it's it's important but it's a challenge for me to remain active um, there's a verse, uh, the Bible says, each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in various forms. Um, so use the gifts that might be your abilities, your talents, some resources. Um, you might be great at working on cars, and you can help the church that way if the truck breaks down. Whatever it is, 
faithfully administer those things, which means consistently offer, consistently do, and be active. So the Bible calls us to that. The second part about being an active follower, you might have guessed, is to be a follower. Um, The Bible says it this way, to obey and to submit to spiritual leaders. Um, And those two words... Really, if we're honest with ourselves, they kind of have a stigma. Being obedient, being submissive. Um, I was, my wife and I are watching uh, the show The West Wing. It's probably about 10 years old now. It's on Netflix. It's a great show about the president, kind of the, the life of a, the president of the United States. And I had the, the, this idea in mind. This really isn't, these ideas don't translate into American thought very well. A lot of our culture and our, our, uh, just the nature of things is submitting, obeying is not very popular. That's not the, the idea a lot of us think first thing in the morning. How can I be the best sub- submitter um, to authority? But the Bible says it this way. You have these verses, Hebrews 13, obey your leaders and submit to their authority. They keep watch over you as men who must give an account. And these are spiritual leaders in this context. Obey them so that their work will be a joy, not a burden, for that would be of no advantage to you. So this implies right at the end, there is an advantage to this. It doesn't say what right here, but there is an advantage. Also, the leaders that were a gift from God to us, um, they are held accountable at a, the highest standard before God. Um, so that's that's a good news for us as followers is that it's really, we're falling in line with what God is directing here by submitting to authorities. Um, another verse, First Peter says it this way, Young men, in the same way, be submissive to those who are older. All of you clothe yourselves with humility towards one another because God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Um, if, if this idea causes anxiety, there you go, right at the end. Cast that anxiety on God. Uh, he cares for you. This is part of his plan um, to follow the spiritual leaders. And all, again, we're talking about how can the church really get going, really fire on all cylinders. And this is the idea of active, actively following there's a great, I heard a great definition that helps me with this idea of submit. Um, the definition is, be easily persuaded by the leader. That sounds, that takes a little bit of the stigma out of it if you say it that way. Be easily persuaded by the leader. And on a day like today, it's, I think the high is 106, you might join me in your thoughts at the water park, at the lazy river. Here's, here's the picture I have of submitting. We're in the lazy river. Do you remember those things when you were a kid? It, it just, there's a flow, there's a current, and it just takes you. Sit in your tube. You maybe have your beverage right there by you with the umbrella in it. It's cool on you, and you're just floating. Um, so, so that's the picture. So if, if we're going to submit, let's take that idea. The current is the leader's leadership. That's the way things are going. And um, to submit would be to go with the flow, um, like you would want to in the lazy river. Um, but what this wouldn't look like is being the guy holding on to the side, 
really holding on. I'm not quite sure if I'm ready for this current or the way it's going. Um, people's tubes are bouncing off of you and you're causing traffic. And um, The idea, be easily persuaded. It's okay to ask a question about the direction, but be easily persuaded. Let go. Um, go with the current, the way the leader is leading. So that, that's the picture that may, may or may not help you, but that helps me. Let me move on to the third thing that's required is unity. For the church really to be firing, for the engine to get going, unity is required. Uh, unity in this analogy is the oil to the engine. Um, it's going to make things happen smoothly. Uh, you, you heard the, the engine that wasn't functioning well and you saw how it should be functioning. There are metal pieces rubbing on metal pieces in, in the engine and that's really easy or it would be really quick to seize up and to, to, to really start grinding if there's no oil in there. So what does that mean? Unity in the church. There needs to be unity between the leaders and the followers. Um, like I mentioned, active followers. So there needs to be some unity there working together. And also between all the people. It's all the people that are the parts that are working together. So there's got to be unity. So here's, again, it helps me to, to imagine what, what does this not look like. Um, disunity might look like a lack of patience with other people. Um, it might be being irritated uh, with one person or with a group or whatever. And that's really going to start to grind as the church tries to get momentum. Um, there needs to be unity making that process smooth. It, it might also look like pride. Um, this pride sneaks in pretty easily to inflate, um, inflate myself. And it, even in good ways, or not in good ways, but it takes good things and, and blows them up a little too much. So, for example, uh, serving in the church, maybe pride starts pumping up and inflating your idea of your service in the church. Mine is, my service is really, really important around here. Yours is good, but mine's pretty important. So that's pride. That's pride pumping yourself up. Or it might be deflating somebody else. Um, it, it works both ways. And these things can, like I said, they really sneak in pretty easily. It's easy to talk about them and see how bad that looks when we actually reveal what's going on. The reality is, we just talked about spiritual warfare. This is the way that our hearts will go if we leave them unchecked. This is the way that the, the enemy is going to slip these thoughts into our head, kind of undetected, and let, a, and let the unity kind of get low in the church, to really make it a grind in the church. That's his goal. Um, the enemy is out to seize up the engine and to make it hard to run. So if we're all different parts of the church, we're all necessary. When we recognize that and aim at contributing, we can really get the engine going. It requires humility. It requires submission, good leaders. It requires a lot of things. Um, but I want to talk about now, let's, let's say these things are going great and the engine is firing Let's, let's take a look at what that looks like actually for an engine to be firing on all cylinders. Check out this video.
pretty intense, huh? That is loud and scary. But uh, somebody in between the services told me a few stats on that. A drag racer is actually has 7,000 horsepower, something like that, right around. And it gets from zero to 300 miles per hour within four seconds. That's pretty crazy to think about. My uh, Toyota Corolla does not do that. Um, but that's a picture. If it's really going, the flames are shooting out, the, you know, zero to 300 in four seconds. That's pretty crazy. So that's a good picture, an image of this. So the church, God designed it so we can actually get there. Um, through his grace, through his help, he can get this thing going. So what, what does that mean? When the church is firing on all cylinders, there's two things that are happening. I'll go through these on your notes. First, the body of Christ is being built up. The body of Christ gets built up. Um, I'll go back to the verse 12. God gives the leaders, prepares the people, and here's verse 12, the second half, so that the body of Christ can be built up. Um, there's, a, there's an outcome to the engine really firing. When the leaders are equipping the people, when the people are contributing, all the parts are going, it's, there's following, there's unity. That's the fire coming out of the engine, really pumping. That's the picture we want to attain for. Somebody smarter than me, I went to some commentaries and preparing for this. They said that the, the tone of this passage is not, or the building up in this passage is not building up in numbers, or literally building walls and buildings and classrooms. That's not the, the tone of this. The nature of building up is almost like the church working out, putting on some spiritual muscle. There are spiritual qualities that were being built up in love, um, submission, humility, and the other spiritual qualities are, are happening as the engine is firing. Um, it makes sense to me, though, that if those things are happening, if we are being built up in love and, and spiritual qualities, that people are attracted to that. In fact, I, I was. I'll tell you about that. But if, if we're really pumping the body of Christ is being built up, we will grow in the other sense of being built up in numbers. Um, a picture of this. There's a picture. Take a look at this. This comes to mind when I think about this concept of the body being built up. This was our helicopter egg drop we did at Easter time. A lot of you guys... Remember this, um, you may have attended, you might be in that picture as a volunteer stuffing eggs with candy. But here's a good picture of the church being built up. Some, some stats that you may not know about this event. It required over 100 volunteers to pull this off. Um, whether that was the group stuffing the eggs, um, passing out flyers in the community, holding the kids back in the safe zones while the helicopter swooped down, um, painting the lines on the field. There were a lot of things going on. And people were in here that enabled the volunteers to go out there as well. So there was a lot of people helping out with this. I imagine if you ask some of these people in the picture, they would say they were not left ripped off at the end of this event. They were a part of something significant, bringing the, the real message of Easter to the community. Um, that's building up. Spiritual qualities are really being built here. And also, some other things, some outcomes from that event. Over, let me get these numbers right. Over 103 families visited OCC as first-time guests after this event or during this event. Um, about two dozen of them came for a second time and continued to check out OCC. And there are still some 
um, attending, maybe here today as a result of this event. So that's a picture to me of being built up, the team coming together, people being attracted by what's going on, all because God is making the engine fire. And this is, this is the body being built up. The second thing, move along, the second thing that's happening is individuals are being built up. The body as a whole is. You as an individual are being built up. Um, I'll read the, the second half of this scripture. We're in Ephesians 4 at the bottom there. Then we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head, that is Christ. From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does his work, its work. So this is, this is one of the outcomes. And here's where the engine analogy does not work. Um, if your engine, I was looking at my dash on my drive up this morning, the, the RPM gauge, I think it's the tachometer, is that right, Wes? I don't know. But anyway, it, it's possible that the engine gets up to these revolutions. It's working so hard it gets into the red zone. Um, and eventually, if you stay there too long, too fast, the parts are going to start deteriorating. But what the Bible says here, if we're really functioning, we're really firing on all cylinders as a church, the parts are actually getting better. Um, I hate to break it to you, one day your car is going to die. Your engine's going to die, and that's because the parts are not constantly being renewed as it runs. Um, but here in the church, that is what's happening, which is a cool thought. Uh, what, so what are we being built up in? Individuals are building up in love. That's the tone of this passage. In maturity, you see um, verse 14 and 15, a maturity of not being easily swayed by the evil schemes of the enemy and of the world. There's a, a foundation that, that's being laid that you're standing on. And again, an example from my life, this, this happened through OCC. We, have, we had some friends attending or have friends attending before Whitney and I were a part of the church that we noticed kind of a shift in gears in their walk with the Lord. Uh, we noticed taking God seriously at a new level um, they were great people before, um, but we noticed the shift. They were inviting us uh, to dinner at their house with another couple that they were intentional with, trying to share the gospel with. So we noticed this change. They were a part of, of OCC, and that really had an effect on them, wanting to, to shift gears, to take God seriously. And that was really attractive to us, um, to my wife and I. So we checked out OCC. We wanted to be a part of that as well. We wanted to grow ourselves. So, so this happens, and that's our example. You, you, you guys see that as well. Um, as it happens in your own life, as you watch others um, being built up through the work of the church. Let me start wrapping things up. Your, your dash on your car has some lights that indicate if things are going wrong. They're warnings. They're indicator lights that there's a warning. And uh, um, let me mention one thing in Scripture that is a warning light to our engine here. These are church leaders writing to a specific church um, that they helped start. So they're writing back, noticing some warnings. They said, We hear that some among you are idle. They're not busy, but they're busy bodies. 
And the context there is, what they're saying is, there's parts there that among you, they're not busy with the work. They're not on board with the mission of the church. They might look busy, but what's happening is they're not pulling their weight. They might have their own uh, motives for being busy bodies. Um, So what we need to do, I need to do this. We need to take kind of inventory of our motives. So why am I hopping on and hopping into the engine and serving in the church? Um, It's possible that I can actually bog down the engine by latching on but not contributing. Um, I might be the guy in the lazy pool (laughs) causing traffic because I'm holding on, not quite ready to jump on board with, with what the mission is of the church. So that's... That's a quick warning um, about that. We want to make sure that we are contributing. I need to make sure that I'm contributing. Uh, I want to invite Cody and the, the band will come back up. And then ushers, if you'll prepare for the tithes and offerings this morning. As I close, I want to ask you to imagine what OCC might look like if we really were firing on all cylinders, like that drag racer the flame shooting, what does that look like for us here? It's probably safe to say, unfortunately, that we're not firing on all cylinders. Uh, for example, I got emails and I heard that in Kids Zone, uh, during the summer months, the volunteers um, are hard to find. And, you know, so that's, that's one part of the engine that could use, you know, some, some parts to help out. Or, uh, you know, taking the, the gospel message to Toronto, um, that makes sense because there's this universal church that we're talking about as well. So the church is really firing when, when we're doing that. Um, this passage really calls us to keep in mind and aiming at contributing, keeping in mind what, what are my giftings, what are my abilities, and how can I contribute that. It might be possible that you're sitting there thinking, yeah, well, I'm just one person. I'm one little part to the engine and it might be insignificant a part. Or you might think I don't have the giftings, the abilities that can really help. But the truth is we we saw it in scripture that God gives each of us those gifts um, and we're called to to aim that and contribute that to the church. Um, Also consider your response to to this passage. Perhaps God is stirring in you the thought of taking one step towards volunteering. If he's doing that in your heart, there's a, you can check a box on the back of your connection card. It says, I'm interested in volunteering. The church staff can contact you and, and let you know where, what the needs are, where you can do that. And last, consider your answer to the question of the series. What do I live for? I mentioned it's in a simple question. Um, it's been neat for me to consider this before the Lord and see just way, the way he put me together and really the passions he's given me. Um, and I want to ask you to do that. It's cool to, to see how God is faithful to us and how his grace abounds. Um, and we don't deserve it, but consider that question. Um, it's a challenging thing to do. Let me pray as we wrap up. Father God, thank you for your design for the church. Thank you for enabling parts to come together um, in ways that we could not have orchestrated it, um, really to further your kingdom, to bring your work here on earth along. Um, It's humbling to think that you let us be a part of that. Um, And I know I'm motivated by that. 
help me, God, to consistently check my heart and my motives and uh, consistently think, be thinking, how, how can I contribute? Um, it is a significant work. God, we thank you for that. We commit this week to you, God, and ask that you would speak to us through the week as we seek you. We thank you, God, for your faithfulness to us and your love. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.